Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Thursday, the 29th of October. Oh, we're running on October, boys. 2020. I'm Mike A-Race. I tried to steer this program. It's unwieldy because of the fine offerings from the two stars of this program, our crew beat writer, Jacob Myers, and the striker, Kyle Robertson, the award-winning photographer from the Columbus Dispatch. This is the, the Speakeasy, the soccer podcast. There's been a lot of soccer compressed into the last little while here, Jacob, including the game that uh, it gets in gets jammed back into the schedule that was postponed at Orlando will now be played uh, on Wednesday. Is that correct? So wait, down the stretch here, the game's left Sunday, November 1st, home at Philly. The Orlando game was moved to Wednesday, November 4th. So that's uh, six days from now. And then the last game of the season, Sunday, November 8th, home versus Atlanta. And of course, the rescheduling of the Orlando game, Jacob was um, the preferred excuse for... uh, Losing to another of the worst teams in the league last night. Uh, that was at D.C., a one to nothing loss. Didn't play poorly. Used, a, uh, uh, I guess, a second team. Um, and that is uh, the way uh, that uh, Coach Caleb Porter explained that one away. Your uh, take on that game in D.C. last night, and then uh, Jacob, and then I'll take you, Kyle. Yeah, I think it looked a lot like some games last year where – Last year, they had a ton of injuries and was basically playing their kind of second team. Last night, for example, they had Chris Cadden and Waylon Francis, who Francis hadn't played a single minute this season. He was starting at left back. Cadden hadn't played in a long time. They were all and Sebastian Berhalter in the midfield. Nothing against any of those players, but they're not your top guys and missing guys like that who are so integral to what you try to do offensively is going to lead to exactly what we saw a pretty anemic offense i know mike you hate this stat but um, because it's just one element that kind of describes their offense their expected goals was the worst of the season last night and i mean XG. you saw it, xg <laughs> it, it was just the one chance in the second half a namath header miss miss the net um that was pretty much their their only threatening chance of that half their only shot on goal was in the first half when jonathan mensa's header was cleared off the line so you know look at that obviously they could be up 1-0 um dc wasn't threatening either but look it's as you said mike this is a team that in dc united that was second to worst record in the league they had the second worst scoring offense and scoring defense this is a team, I don't care who you put out there, you've got to find a way to get points, if not all three points, if you want to have multiple home games in the playoffs. And we can talk about in that later, but I, I thought it was absolutely another disappointing result for this team. And um, they've had just five points in the past seven games. All right, Kyle, as Porter said, quote, this game was always going to set up the Philly game, as he said, and I quote, uh, I'm disappointed we didn't get a point out of it. Uh, We still, uh, with a rotational group, it's a rotational group, Kyle. That's a new one for me, rotation group. That's like a RG, we'll call it. With a rotational group, you know, uh, they lacked finish in the final third. That's a paraphrase. We'll dissect it and go over it. And, and this was the money line to me, uh, as Jacob uh, indicated, quote, in the end, we'll put we'll put our best foot forward with our top lineup in the last three games. 
and hopefully that's what this game was about, giving guys a run, coming up with a plan where we could get something out of out and showed up today. Um, that, that was his quote. So this was a placeholder game, um, and it became that uh, when uh, the Orlando game was moved to the middle of next week. Are you buying or or so you either accept that or and, and this isn't an either or, but the other other look at it, as Jacob said, is um, you've been a poor road team all season. You had uh, one of the worst teams um, as your opponent last night on the road. You had a big three points in the, in the standings um, on the line and uh, and you kind of and you ran around the park for a while. Yeah, I, I think it's it's lip service. I mean, it, it's nice to say, hey, we're going to put our best lineup together the final three games if you've been consistently playing pretty well. But the fact is, I mean, they, they dropped it uh, to D.C. and, you know, they 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 tied, uh, you know, Houston, who are also at the bot, you know, towards the bottom um, out west. So, I mean, I, 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 I think when you when you think about his comments and. Yeah, you know, it is nice and it, you know, and I do think they do have to, you know, play, you know, a, a game with the rotational guys just because how the schedule is like, it's one thing to say that when you've been playing well and you've been getting points, but when you've lost, you know, five points in the last two game, you know, in the two games, um, you know, I, I think that's, you know, kind of rough for the fans to kind of, uh, you know, to take that. I, so, I but, That's, that's a really good point, Kyle. It's like, um. You know, he was very sanguine, and I'm not going to say they all just accepted the loss, shrugged, and moved on. Um, you know, how much pain do you want them to feel? Um, and it's a fair point that you have to have uh, uh, your, your 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 number one squad ready to go uh, with two important home games, or actually uh, uh, with two important home games and the one big road game in Orlando left. Uh, those are going to be important. But th- you're absolutely right about the flip side of it. Like to me, it's like, all right, you're um, uh, one, four, and two in your last seven. So you had uh, you have one win in your last seven games with three to go. Um, uh, your team was um, three, two, and five last year under very different circumstances. But uh, you know, I, I went and I went back and looked it up. And Kyle, you remember how Burhalter's teams closed seasons? Um, you know, they were. Um, Five years, uh, he was here 25, 18, and 7 over their last 10 games of those five seasons. That was their combined record. And, you know, 3-2-5 uh, and five here last year and 1-4-2 and two here this year. I, I don't know if, if you can just – does this team have – I'll throw this at Jacob. Does this team have an on and off switch where they're good enough to do that? It's so hard to judge just based – if you're taking the entire season – as your sample size, right? Because I think we'd all agree in the first 13 games, they've they proved that they can get results when they need to. The last seven games have certainly put doubt in my mind, and supporters are right to be pissed last night's game, even if, as I think you put it pretty succinctly, Mike, it's not a binary of right or wrong in terms of rotating they they had to but you can still get points and and you probably should have my question is just now do they have the depth that we once thought they did i i don't really know porter i asked him that after the game and he said he he was confident they still had that depth but they're they're just not getting a push from the guy even the main starters in the lineup last night not questioning jonathan mensa's leadership but you, I just don't see anybody giving a real get up to like, come on, guys, let let this thing together. 
Uh, Pedro Santos is has been kind of miserable in turning the ball over in the middle of the field. He has certainly produced at times, but there's any push out of their wingers either i think there's huge question marks going forward in these last three games now of course the narrative switches on its head if they can get a win in this next game against philadelphia who is now the supporter shield leaders Uh-oh. but but if we're philly? i i didn't <laughs> pick philly uh, all, all all preseason predictions are, are thrown out after um the MLS is back tournament, all that stuff. But Mike, Mike, to get to your point though, you're you're right. There's no one should be confident in the longevity of this team right now based on the last run of games. Yeah, and I, I did find what 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 uh, the salient quote, and that is uh, quote: If we didn't have that Orlando game midweek, we probably would have pushed through and played our top guys all three of these games, um, which is what you're seeing all through the league. In other words. We couldn't do what everyone else was doing. Um, and I continue with the quote, um, that Orlando game, the magnitude of it and having it wedged after the Philly game and before the Atlanta game meant that we really had no choice but to rotate this game. So um, there it is. Uh, maybe he's right. Uh, fresh team heading forward into into the last three matches of the season. Once again, uh, Sunday, the Sunday home against Philly, that'd be November 1st, Wednesday at Orlando, uh, and a week from Sunday on November 8th, home versus Atlanta. That's the uh, that is the season finale there at uh, Mafre Stadium. Um, Jacob, how are things going over there with the smattering of fans? And Kyle, same question to you. Any any um, any observations that that you can share about how how this experiment is going? Yeah, after the first game when I had written that story just about toward the end of games, how fans kind of reacted and huddled together, some removed their masks. I, I can't remember which game that was. Cincinnati, I believe, was their first home game with fans. And you saw in the last goal how it was so that all the Fox Sports cameras kind of caught just about every single fan that had their mask off during the celebration. Since then, uh, the club has made adjustments in terms of ushers kind of walking their sections more, more signage and announcements in terms of the proper behavior. I think it's worked well. I've seen pretty as close to perfect mass compliance as you can get. Um, I'm wondering <clears throat> moving forward, couple home games and then the playoffs, if the crew are going to seek a variance to have more fans, uh, that's something I'll be checking in on. Uh, worth mentioning, Mike, this Sunday's game is, is on uh, ABC. So a, a big opportunity for this club to, put their best foot forward that we haven't seen in like two months uh, on, on national television. Oh, that's good. Cause we recently cut the cord and uh, uh, YouTube TVs at war with Fox. So, uh, you know, my kids have to get some, have to check the Reddit streams. Uh, I actually had to go somewhere else to watch a game. And, and this of course is um, continuing um, just another example of the glory of modern technology. But at any rate, are they healthy now, Jacob? Yeah, I, I think they are. Um, Nagby and Zellerayon and Aloy Room are, are all back. They returned against Houston um, so far. And what you saw in the, the first game and then this past game against D.C. United, what Caleb Porter is trying to do is, I think, uh, he's been very explicit about it, trying to manage 
the the minutes so they're they get their fitness they have their peak fitness in time for for the postseason in these last few games but also not trying to overdo it as we've seen in the past seven games how it is really just for darlington nagby to be in there lucas elrayon is a fantastic player and obviously a very important part but the difference in record is more stark when nagby is not in there he's he's the one that really um turns the wheel for for the crew but yeah they're they're getting healthy they've played two games now zellerayon has played about 75 minutes nagby about 90 in the last two games and of course the first game back uh darlington nagby played 60 minutes and completed every pass so i think they're in good form now it's just about can the crew reestablish themselves offensively get back to what they were good at when those guys uh were in and, and find that chemistry again Kyle, to that end, do you see progress? <sighs> no. <laughs> well, that was a big sigh there, man. Patrick, no. did you get that whole sigh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. I mean, I, I think they're truly struggling. I mean, I think they're, they, they've lost who they were earlier this season. And, uh, you know, part of it has to do with injuries. You know, we've talked multiple times about how, how we thought this team was probably one of the deepest teams the crew has ever had. But the problem was I don't think everyone's – made the adjustment when, when guys have gone down. I mean, I think, I think everyone fits a certain piece in, in the Caleb Porter's puzzle. And when you, you know, you lose those, you know, two or three really big pieces, you know, some of the other guys can't quite do what they're kind of were, were brought in to do. And things are kind of out of, um, out of flux and, and things aren't, you know, I think they're going to continue to struggle until we see them beat, beat a quality opponent. Yeah. That, that's the other thing. We'll see if they have that switch that uh, that it seems they're counting on having. They'll just flip it back on this week. Okay, the standings, gentlemen. As uh, Jacob mentioned earlier, the Philadelphia Union have, have moved into first place with uh, 44 points. That's three clear of Toronto and nine ahead of the crew in third place. And right behind the crew in fourth is Orlando. And uh, they have uh, 35 points. And uh, I think they're just... Uh, that they're they have the same differential, but I think the tiebreaker there is uh, is wins. Is that right, Jacob? Crew with ten and and Orlando with nine. I thought the first one was goal differential. Well, I, they're tied in goal differential, but the crew yeah. has uh, yeah total wins should be the next one. Yes, the the crew has uh, has allowed fewer and won more games. I, I to be honest, I'm a little embarrassed to say I don't know what the tiebreaker is there. Kyle, do you? No, not off the top yeah. of my head. We're human, but the the table says, um, and Jacob will look that up and, and report back to us. <laughs> but the table has the crew in third and Orlando in fourth, and behind Orlando, New York City FC. And uh, down at the bottom, D.C. moves up to 12th in, in the conference. Out of 13th, Atlanta falls to 13th, and Cincinnati is in 14th and in last place with 16 points. So uh, that's a big spread, 44 down to 16. What is that first tiebreaker there? What's the deal there, Jacob? The first tiebreaker, you're right, Mike, is total number of wins. Then it's goal differential and, and goals for. Uh, I won't go down all the list until we get to a right. point toss. Uh, right. But, you know, looking forward, three games left, I, I think, uh, just to kind of rehash what we were saying, it's probably smart to rotate the lineup to have your best guys against Philly and Orlando being where those two teams are in the Eastern Conference in relation to the crew. Those games are clearly the most important. However, you should still be able to get 
points against DC. So just to put a fine cap on that, I think you can do both. Now, looking ahead, I think to seal a first round home playoff game, which is clearly very important to this team because they haven't won on the road all year. They're one of two teams that hasn't done that. Now, of course, they won all three games. MLS is back, so they've shown they can win away from home, but not lately. I think they need probably six points in these next three games. Atlanta, that has to be a win. Like, no excuses, has to be a win. And then they've been a good team at home. Uh, I, I expect them to play well at home again against Philadelphia. Now, based on the run of form, I don't know what to truly expect at Orlando. You know, they haven't won all year on the road, so maybe you chalk that up as a loss. But if you get six points, three games, you should seal one of the top four spots for that first round game. But let's look at the teams behind them and New York City, two points behind them in fifth. Uh, New England, I believe, is right behind that. There are all these teams playing in much, much better form than the crew right now. So I don't think you're sitting easy as a crew fan looking at the rest of the table and going in postseason thinking, how far can this team get? I, I think you're probably a little not so sure about how far this team can go. Yeah, it's been a long time since they've had a clean sheet, and that was uh, that was one of their mo's um, during that. It's been a, such a strange year. They, they come out of the bubble tournament um, in first place. Uh, there was the pause until the restart of the season um, in in uh, in September, and uh, and so, but still considering that 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 this crew team sat in first place for all but two weeks between April 20th and September 27th. Now that, that, that makes the fans feel really good. Perhaps it's fool's gold given the pause and everything and, and the uh, disjointed nature of this season, but there it is. Uh, and, and now it seems like a hundred years since they were in first place. <laughs> it's a very weird situation. Um, anyway, crew 10, five and five, uh, 31 for 17 against uh, plus 14 um, still one of the three best differentials uh, in the Eastern Conference but it's been kind of static here for for more than a month um, uh, I wanted to ask you uh, Kyle you're nodding it seems like you have something you oh. want to zoom in here on no it's not he's just <laughs> no, I, was for, just a, I was just agreeing with you about the offense being static so well, yeah and the, the, and defense <laughs> yeah and they've had some injuries and they've had to manage them. We'll see. Um, we'll, we'll check the genius level here in another week or so of, 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 the, of the coach. Last thing I want to get to, Jacob, is this strange situation with Josh Williams, um, which you reported on. Uh, you were cranking out the stories over the last 24 hours. Josh Williams is like Trotsky. All of a sudden, he's in Mexico City and uh, no one really knows why. Yeah, so he missed the... That was figurative, by the way. I was, I was, he's not really in Mexico City. Trotsky was. That's where the KGB <laughs> finally caught up with him. But in any case, Jacob, I'm sorry. Please continue. It, well, you're a, you're a his, historical scholar, so that, that reference uh, went, went over my head, Mike, but, but that's okay. Joshua has a couple games in New York and Houston, and then uh, he, he was not on the bench for those games, which I thought was a little odd. And then it came out yesterday the game that he has been suspended for four games, including those two uh, Wednesday night and then Philly expected back against Orlando. He was suspended for a 
violation of league rules. This was MLS suspending Josh Williams. The team did not suspend him. I tried to get clarification from the league on what exactly that was, and, and they're ghosting me on that. So uh, make with that what you will. Not sure exactly what it is. I, I looked up kind of the public records in Franklin County as, as yeah. we're supposed to do. And, yeah. and the only thing that came back was a uh, speeding ticket. So, um, you know, nothing criminal there. So I, I'm curious what it is, and the league won't say what it is. Well, this is a problem. If you don't say anything, it's, it's open to all kinds of speculation. Um, uh, and uh, uh, Kyle, is there another league anywhere in the world uh, that aspires to be major league and uh, suspends a player for four games and doesn't say why, and there's not a peep from an agent or a union or anything? It's very weird, and it's kind of, it's yeah. Mickey Mouse, in my opinion. Hey, at least they're not Major League Baseball and have Justin Turner running on the field with COVID. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, well, Jacob's going to be working on that, not Justin Turner. Get on that one, too. Uh, uh, but this is this this is a very curious situation, and it's, it's one of these control things where uh, uh, it's, frankly, it's mishandled. And uh, I don't – whatever the reason is, and – Jacob, you, you kind of have a sense that it's it's not egregious. That uh, is it capricious? I mean, we don't even know. Yeah, I mean, just based off kind of inference, it, the team didn't suspend him. So I I think if it was really serious, the the team would at least we we all hope morally the team would do something, right? The league will not say what it is, which makes me wonder. Again, open to all speculation because no one's saying anything. Because the league isn't saying anything when when asked about it, it makes me think that MLS believes that they won't look so good when ever what happened uh, comes out and, and you try to look at well why did why was it that this offense was a four game suspension? If it was something that they felt was I'm, I'm not going to say totally justified, but just um, that was clear, cut and dry. I, I feel like they would at least give a little more than league rules, right? Um, maybe that's not something they do, but because of the silence, it's open to interpretation. It is. There's a pretty hard cap on it, too. Uh, you know, Jacob called around yesterday. I made a couple calls myself and uh, uh, everyone's been sworn to double secret secrecy probation or whatever. Could it, be a, could it be like a violation of of maybe their travel or like, you know, doing something or going somewhere where he's not supposed to be or. See, that's the thing. If, if they're not going to say what it is, right. be it benign or egregious, then people are going to speculate madly as, as we're doing right here. You know, it's like uh, all we know right now is he doesn't show up in Franklin County cr- criminal records. You know, it's, it's like that. that's that's a situation like this. You make the announcement. You issue a statement. You have the player say something, and uh, uh, and then and then everyone can move on. Now no one can. It's it's uh, it's poor PR. It's kind of a Mickey Mouse sort of dealing of this, and and it's kind of typical. Those those old time crew fans will tell you that this is this kind of this kind of silliness is typical of the league. Um, well, so we hope Josh Williams as well. Um, and uh, we have no idea whether he is or not. So anyway, that's about it. Unless you, Jacob, you got anything else before we hang up? Well, I think I'd just state that I 
am very strongly sure that it's not COVID related. I think he would show up as the not medically cleared. And if it was something related to breaking protocol or anything, I feel like that would come from the team and not the league. So I very strongly believe it's not COVID related. Uh, and then just an, another bit of news forward, Jossie Zardes has missed the last couple games with a minor knee injury that Porter said was patellar tendon tendonitis. So he wasn't on the list of being out for sure this past game. He ended up not playing, but Porter called him 50-50. So I expect him to factor into Philadelphia in some fashion if there isn't a setback, which would be a boost for the team to get him back as well. We'll ask the striker here. We've seen Nemeth for a couple games. Christian Nemeth, Kyle, what, what are your impressions? Well, I think he's a he's an upgrade from what they had. I mean, at least he's uh, getting getting some shots and some attempts and some pressure in the back line. There's I mean, one. the header the header last <laughs> night was pretty. <laughs> yeah, was close. I mean, that was a that was a great cross in, I believe, from Cadden. That was a, that was a nice run too. But uh, you know, he I think it's you know the I end product is just missing from from just about uh, everyone right now, right, Kyle? So it's so hard to really say if we get a good sense of of these players. But I would agree, he's given much more of a push than Fernando Adi. Yeah, yeah. I, it's no offense to Adi, but I, I, there's one fan that was calling him the, the white flag when he comes <laughs> in. It's surrender <laughs> which is harsh but uh you know we're here to have a chuckle too patrick flirty you got anything to add before we sign off here no he's nope he's got okay. nothing that's patrick flirty our fine producer the pod father so for patrick and kyle robertson and jacob myers check out all of jacob's stuff at dispatch.com and carl's got a mess of photo galleries probably everywhere with videos and everything else presto it's right there at your fingertips <laughs> So uh, one, thank quick you for- thing, one more quick thing, Mike, um, this past week we talked to Lucas Elorayon and I wrote a story and he was very open about it wasn't anything huge, but he just said that he's been seeing a psychologist this year to kind of adjust to the change in the states. And, and certainly you can imagine how the pandemic plays an effect on a guy like that who doesn't speak the language here yet and, and going through injuries and all that. So he was just very open about it's helped him and he'll continue to do that. So I, I just wanted to say, I, I really appreciate uh, Lucas Elorea that, and, and it helps to normalize that just seeking mental health, anything to better your mental health, whether it be big or small, it's something we should normalize. And I really appreciate him being open about that. Well, good on him. Um, you got anything else, Jacob? You seem to have something else. All the, like, you won't know who Columbo is, but uh, Columbo uh, law. <laughs> oh P- peter falk you can look it up uh do some youtube clips uh all right so for jacob myers and kyle robertson and, and the Podfather, i'm mike aries thanks for joining us and we'll get back to you next week probably thursday would be a good day but um, we'll see how it goes uh this is all patrick taylor's fault thanks for joining us and patrick kick us out of here <laughs>